I feel so honoured. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you? Jonas is right. You are a good-looking bunch, aren't you? Well, it's so great to be with you. Uh, my name's Dan Hargreaves. Um, I'm one of the location pastors, lead location with my wonderful wife, Joanna Hargreaves, who is a far better preacher than me. Why have you not got her here? But I'm sure she will come down uh, sooner. And we got the privilege of leading Hikem Location. We're Loving what God is doing in the life of the church. We're one family, aren't we? One church in many locations. So we've got the same heart, same vision, the same values, and it's such an honor to be here. And it's great, Jared, you led in the team. Led so well, didn't they? I was in the presence of God. Thank you for leading us in that. And hey, Steve and Jenny, they're a blessing, aren't they? Come on, what a blessing they are. And it's so good to be together. And thank you for bringing the word. Where, the Romans 12 word, where's the lady who brought that word? Well, that's what I'm preaching on. So God's in the house. And you use the message version, which is exactly what I'm preaching on. So it's so good to be with you. I'd love you to get your notebooks out. Can you get your phones out? I'm going to drop some bombs in your life. Is that all right? Some God bombs in your life. My prayer in every week is as I lead church, as I lead our location, is that everyone who comes in, whether they know Jesus Christ or whether they don't yet know him yet, that they walk out enlarged in visions, knowing the more about the love of Jesus that he's got for them. Isn't that our prayer today? I want you to go out feeling elevated, feeling bigger, more confident in the kingdom of God. You playing your part in it, because you've got a great part to play. Can we have an amen in the house? I like a bit of response. I'm feeling like you're going to be like that, aren't you? Jonas says you're very loud here, is that right? No. You will be today. When I was playing for Grantham Town, yes, I've got to drop that one in. Yes, I, I was a Grantham Town player, everybody. Yes, for four years at the Mears. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, mate. What's your name again? There we go, yeah. Yeah, no problem with autographs. I don't mind that after the service. But I had a pleasure and privilege of playing for Grantham Town for four years. So I've got, I've got a, a bit of Grantham Town's always in my heart, and it is part of the one church. So are we feeling good, people? Are you ready for the Word of God in your life? Well, Jonas is back next week, and he's a wonderful Bible teacher. I will come and bring some inspiration this morning. Uh, so, <laughs> and it's great to have Tom with us. Can we have a big shout out for Tom? Tom's on our youth team, a great guy. He adds energy and life into the room. He loves God. He's a faithful guy. He's one of them guys who's committed. You know, like he's there and you know when he's in the room, he supports you. And we've had a good fun on the journey down here. So it's really great. So um, today I'm talking about culture and values. Two weeks ago, if you were here, your wonderful location pastor Jonas brought a word on values. We have 10 values of a live church. Jonas picked all the best ones two weeks ago and he left me with the rest. So I'm going to be bringing a word on our 10 values today. But recently, me and Joe, we had our 10 year anniversary. They said it would never last, but here we go. So as good gentlemen did, I said, I'll take it on, my love. I will book a nice table, a restaurant. And uh, I booked a lovely restaurant in Lincoln called Ole Ole. It's Spanish, yeah. Do you know Ole Ole? We've got some Ole Ole. Yeah. Is there one in Grantham? No, no, but you can come to Lincoln if you want. Yeah, okay. So uh, Ole Ole. So I phoned up, booked my table, and they said, any occasion? I said, yes, our 10th 
year wedding anniversary. So um, we, we prepared, we got all dressed up, got ready to go to this restaurant. It's in the Bale area of Lincoln, if you're familiar with that place. As I walked in, they said, hello, what's your name? Have you got a reservation? I said, yes, it's Dan Hargreaves. And it's, uh, and they, oh, Dan, Dan and Joe, congratulations on your 10-year anniversary. Well, I thought, this is good. I thought we were like friends already. The owner of the restaurant from LA, LA comes over to us, Dan and Joe, and he was a larger-than-life character, a bit like Steve, came and give us a big hug. I don't even know this guy. Like, I'm an extrovert, so I'm like, yeah, hugging around. We're dancing around. Joe's like, don't touch me, don't touch me. She's an introvert like that. All the introverts give me a... No, you don't want to put your hand up if you're an introvert there. All the extroverts give me a wave. (laughs) All the introverts just say, Dan, don't ask us to do anything, please. And as I said, so the guy came over, he embraced us, he took us to our table, and he brought some drinks courtesy of LA. I won't tell you what it was because it's a Sunday morning and I'm a pastor. But it was a great night. And, um, and we ate, we had some wonderful meal. And halfway throughout the meal, he kept coming over and checking on us. He got the band. There was a band in the restaurant. And the band came over and played and serenaded us. I did not ask for any of this. And then at the end of the night, he came over. Thank you. I hope it's a pleasure that you've been with us. And he gave us a present, an engraved it was like this weird thing, but it was like nice, and it said Dan and Joe, so they'd engraved Dan and Joe on it. I went, how do you think that made me feel going away from that restaurant? It made me feel amazing, and I tell you what, I want to go back to that restaurant, and that was only a restaurant. What happened there was that organization had a culture, it had an atmosphere, it had something there that attracted me to it. Now guys, that's a restaurant. What do you think of the people of God and the church of Jesus Christ we've got? Today, I am talking about culture and values. We as a church should be front foot on our culture and our values. Who we are, a welcoming community that welcomes anyone from any background or any situation. My prayer every week is that anyone who comes through a door goes out feeling different, but knowing that they are welcome, that they are loved by Father God in heaven. Are you with me? Can we have some amens in the house? You see, culture is the atmosphere of a church or organization. The feeling. Can you remember that first time you went to church? I've come from a totally unchurched background. I remember going along to church, and it was like, it was a church of England, so they had the peace. I remember that, because you used to get a hug from the girl that you quite liked, which was, it's a selling point. Come on, people, all right? Don't be too religious on me now, okay? We can get people into church any which way. It was a feeling. It was an atmosphere. It felt like family. And that is the culture and the atmosphere. So today as we talk about that, you see, we need to be people who set the culture and who set the atmosphere of people of God. For those people out there who don't yet know who God is, that's our role. You see, people decide whether they want to be part of your church within seven minutes of coming into this building. Just on a Sunday. Were they welcomed? Were they met outside? Now, you've got a phenomenal team out here. What was the atmosphere like they come in? Because people are attracted to culture. They're attracted to atmosphere. And people of the kingdom of God, we have a kingdom atmosphere and a kingdom culture that we have to create. Why do you go back to your favorite restaurant? Is it the ambience? Is it the vibe? We need to know as a church of Jesus Christ, we are different. We are different from anyone else. We need to be the people who are front foot, Talking about culture and atmosphere because we've got the best message and that is the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. Can we have some amens in the house? Are you scribbling down that notepad? 
When people come to our church, I always get the same feedback. So we have a lot of guests who who never been in church before. And they say, it felt different. It was like I felt welcome. I felt part of the family. When the worship went, well, they don't even normally call it worship. Because the last person who came to our church, I said, how was, how was worship? They said, worship. They looked at me and I said, you know, the singing the songs. They went, oh, karaoke. Yeah, that was brilliant. We need to know people. If people are coming into church for the first time, they might not know it's worship, but they might know it's karaoke. But what they feel is the atmosphere. They will meet God in them times when it's what we call worship. Because we are creating an atmosphere for God to do what only he can do. But it's our job to present the living, life-changing message of Jesus Christ in a way that's going to be accessible to them. Are you with me? See, when people come into our church, it feels like family. They feel like a team. And when there's a good team or a good family, you want to support that and be part of that team. Come on, who's changed their allegiance to Man City since they've been winning recently? Anyone else? My son, I bought him up a Brighton fan. He goes, oh, Dad, but my second team's Man City. You've never been to Manchester, mate. Yeah, but they won the premiership. People are attracted to teams who are winning. You're on the winning team, people, of the Church of Jesus Christ. Who's not laughing and smiling out there? I want to come and inspire you. Guys, you've, you, you've got this. I, it, this is just an, this is like the topping. You've got the main course and you've got the ingredients here. I just want to come and put the peppercorn sauce on your steak tonight, uh, this morning even. You see, what does culture mean? It says the definition, the ideas, the customs, and social behavior of a particularly people or society. The set of shared attitudes, values, goals, and practices that characterizes an institution or organization. When Leicester City won the premiership, when they were 5,000 to 1 to get relegated in that season, when they won the premiership, they asked the club captain, Wes Morgan, why did you win the premiership? You should have been the team that went down. What did he say? We all bought in to one vision. People at a live church, we need to be people who buy into one vision to see the kingdom of God expanded. We've got our vision statement of every person knowing, every person growing in their relationship with God, and everyone going for God. We need to have one buy into that. You see, you either allow a culture or you create a culture. You either allow a culture or you create a culture. The Romans 12 passage that we'll be talking on, it says in the Bible, don't be so well adjusted to the culture out there that you lose sight of where you're going. But fix your eyes on Jesus. Our culture is that of fixing our eyes on Jesus and following him where he's going. Don't become so well adjusted that, oh, you just forget who you are. No, we have to create a culture of welcome, of friendliness, of atmosphere, of team, of invitational, all of our values. We need to be proactives. And you people, as a part of the church, and me, we are architects of creating that culture. I often say to our church, what church would you, hey, come and talk to me about your dream church. And they say, oh, a great welcome, great preaching. Oh, a church that goes out there and influences a community. Oh, a prayerful church. A worshipful church. And I'm like, great, you're it, you do it. Because people of God understand that we have got the responsibility to create the atmosphere and the culture for God. Are you with me, people? You see, Peter Drucker, a famous sociologist, says this, culture eats strategy for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
If a person's coming into our church for the first time, will they learn our mission statement? No. Will they have an atmosphere and a feeling, a God kingdom feeling of how the people treat each other? Yes. And that's what will attract people back to it. My testimony, I got to a point in my life when um, I've been part of New Life and what a wonderful church it was. But I'd got a bit of a cocky young man syndrome. And I remember one time I was sitting up the top of New Life Church in the balcony, if you've been there, which is obviously now a live church. And I remember getting to a point where I was pointing my finger from the side of the stage in the balcony and said, yeah, but they never get out into the community. They never do this. They never do that. And over a process by God's grace, um, I went away, went away to Canada, got offered a job out there. And as I was out in Canada, God clearly spoke to me. He said, Dan, stop moaning about the church not getting out into the community. You are the church. What are you doing about it? And within a week of being in Canada, God totally changed my mindset and said, Dan, you take responsibility. People of God, you are a responsibility for the kingdom of God. There's a responsibility on you to create atmosphere, create culture in your neighborhoods, in your workplaces, in this church, in your communities, in your family. You're called to take responsibility and you're called to create the culture and atmosphere. We're here to bring a light. By the way, that's a great light. Would you mind just turning that down a tiny bit over there? I don't want to see it shining off my solar panel. <laughs> They'll be charging their phones in a minute. Thank you, Jared. He's a good lad, laughing at my jokes. Your tenor for Make a Difference is coming in the post. <laughs> you see, values, and this is what I'm going to be talking about today, values create the culture, all right? So you have your set of values, and that creates the culture. However, we must be people who are proactive on it. It's like if you ever got a prophecy. Have you ever got a prophecy? I got prophecies prophecy as a young teenager saying, oh, Dan, you're going to take football stadiums for God. I was like, well, that sounds good, doesn't it? What's that mean? I'm going to take football stadiums for God. So 12 years later, we, we put on a, an event at a football stadium, a Lincoln City football stadium called The Bank. I've shared the story many times before. But I know that the prophecy is talk of the potential, but we as people have to walk into that potential, and we have to be proactive on that. I want to encourage you, if you've had a prophetic word in your life, I believe that's your potential, but you've got responsibility to walk it into it. You have to create that, and you have to be proactive on it. I'm not one of these people who just says, oh, God's spoken, so it must happen. No, we've got our part to play. God's called us to the potential where we've got to walk, but we have to walk into it. I see so many people now who's had great prophetic words over their life, but because they're not proactive and they're walking into the calling and their potential, they're frustrated and disillusioned. And I want to say you don't have to be. You have to roll up your sleeves and say, I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to create an atmosphere and a culture on that. You see, when you learn to drive, you have your theory test, don't you? And you can pass your theory test, but you don't really learn, you don't know how to drive, do you? It's only when you get in the car and you drive. You see, people, I don't want to be, be people who live a life of, of, of theory, but don't live a life of practicality. We're called to be people who live in the practical Luke 9 says this, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. 
If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. See, that's a life of practicality. Let's not be social commentators who say, oh, yeah, why don't we do it this way? I want to encourage you to get your hands dirty. Get out there and see the kingdom of God. The blessing's normally in the really inconvenient places. That's where the blessing is. We can't package what God's doing. No, we have to say it's in the inconvenient places. Oh, I love it. God's good, isn't he? So, moving on to the meat of the message. Is everyone all right? That was my intro. Hopefully you feel inspired. You're saying, what, there's more to come? Yes. So, at Alive Church, we have ten values. Jonas touched on five of them two weeks ago, and you all know them off by heart. He told me, all right, who, yeah, remember the, the, well, I'm going to be talking about the other five values that we're here to embrace today. So, are you up for it? So, with the backdrop of we create the culture, you see, these values, if they're just written on a piece of paper or on a wall, they mean nothing. To create the culture, we have to act out these values that we have as a live church. Are you with me? And that's how you create culture, all right? Number one, team. Here we go. This is our, for our one church, this is what we say about this value of team. Our vision and purpose is led through and accomplished in teams. Teams are made up of people who give 100% of energy and commitment in an environment of encouragement and trust, equipping and releasing others to go beyond us, cheering each other on toward the goal. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? Our heartbeat at a live church is that everyone plays their part in this team. If you're not yet serving on a team, we want to encourage you. That's a partnership value of ours. I want to encourage you to serve on a team. Join a team. I bet you've got 20 teams here at Alive Grantham that need people. It needs your flavor and it needs your fruit in it. No excuses. What team are you going to join? So next week when Jonas comes back, he's going to go, hey, we've got 90% of people on teams. Our heartbeat is that we are not a restaurant. We're not here to like... We're not here just to to feed you and you just to be served. No, we get our hands dirty because we're a family. We all have to bring our flavor. We all have to muck in. So if you're not yet on a team, I want to encourage you to join a team. Now, if you're one of the miserable people, don't join the welcome team. But I'm not saying that there's any miserable people in this house. (laughs) Oh, look, they're looking at me. It's all right, I could say this. I'm not here next week, am I? Use your skill and your gifting that God has given you. If you're comfortable with hospitality, sign up for the hospitality team. If that's a gifting that you've got, sign up to the appropriate team. If you ever saw me try to be on the worship team, it's horrendous. I can't clap in time and apparently I harmonise by accident. I sound like a foghorn. I'm not going to join the worship team. That's not the gift in God has given me. I'm not actually a great Bible teacher. Don't get worried, I get inspired by the Bible. That's the heart and soul of who I am. But I don't come alive in teaching the Bible. God has gave me a wonderful wife who is far better than me. And in our, in our church, we've got people like Jonas. But you have to know what your skill base is and you have to be secure in what God gift God has given you. If you're an entrepreneur in this house, you don't just have to clean the toilet. So though it's great to serve, bring your entrepreneurial gift into this house. Skip, bang, boosh. Jesus modeled this in everything he did. Before the beginning of time, the conversation was three-way with Jesus. 
God and Holy Spirit. I want us to be people on this team who have an I can do attitude. Philippians 4 verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Guys, sign up. Have an I can do attitude. There should be nothing that this church can't achieve because you're in it. You're a dream team player in this team. Bring your flavor in. You're cheating the kingdom of God if you don't bring your gifts into this house. True, think about it. If you don't bring the God gifts, you're cheating this house and you're cheating the kingdom of God. Everyone has got a God-given gift. Use it for the house. We, we do this thing where we say, uh, I love it. People come up to us with ideas. Oh, we don't think the church is praying that much. I'm like, fantastic. You're it. When are we praying then? When are we praying? Oh, and they go, oh, 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 like that. I think there's sometimes a mentality that we all wait for it to happen. I'm saying, you're it, people. If you think you can add value to this house, which you can, undoubtedly sign up for a team. You're it mentality. See, there's no I in team. But there's five in individual brilliance. Bring your individual brilliance into this house. Before I get a bit more of an amen for that, you can tweet that if you want, Jared, all right? Number one, team. Number two, invitational. Write this down, invitational. Let's see what we mean by this as a church. As God first invited us, we live lives of proactive invitation. We see everything as an opportunity for all people to find purpose, experience more, connect and flourish. The Bible, Jesus taught on this all the time. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's not just to be left to the so-called evangelists. Yes, there's an evangelistic gift, but the gift is only to stir up everybody to take their responsibility. I'm looking around here today, and I'm thinking, I'm not going to be in one of your workplaces tomorrow. I'm not going to be in one of your your family. That would be a bit weird, wouldn't it? Just pop up in the morning. Morning. You can take responsibility for where God has placed you. In this room, we are representing tens of thousands of people with the world that God has given you. That's our invitational. That's our responsibility to do that. I remember, and there's so many ways these days we can connect with people. I remember a year and a half ago, I felt God say, drop something on Facebook. Just drop something on Facebook. If anyone wants to come and meet for a drink, talk about any issues, wonderful. So just put me with a pint in my hand, just saying, come and join me. Drop me a message. So I got a message from a guy called John. John came and connected with me and he said, Dan, you're not going to know how much that meant an invitation to come for a drink. I was like, oh, really? I just did it as a throwaway comment, but I'll pretend God told me to do it, all right? I'll just put it out there. And he, we connected together. We had a drink together. He shared about his story, about how he had been suicidal and struggling with mental health issues. He came along, part of our community. We got him in. We didn't just get him into church immediately. We took him out for a drink. We met him, introduced him to a few people. Uh, we got him to a men's uh, thing that we got on. This guy, over the next three months, gave his life to Jesus Christ. He's part of our church now. He heads up our shed project, helping men who are struggling with mental health issues. Guys, they're going to be the people who are rebuilding the church. We've got to have an invitational culture and an invitational mindset. Ephesians 5 verse 15 says, Therefore make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's our role to be invitational. I want it, I want it this Christmas. Let's go. Let's invite people. You know, if you invite people, what are they going to say? No. All right, no problem. 
All right, well, come along next time. Tell you what, if you invite 10 people around your house, I guarantee nine of them will say yes. If you invite 10 people to church, one of them will say yes, but I'm glad that one will say yes. Because God is with us and he's for us. Number two, that's invitational. Number three, our value at Alive is excellence as that comes on. We commit to do the absolute best with what we have, doing all things in service to God and one another. I love that. Why wouldn't we want to do the best for God? I can't stand it when churches have got that would do mentality. Oh, yeah, that would do. Oh, we'll just turn up, rock up on a Sunday. Oh, that would do. No. No, it's for the king. This is for Jesus Christ. I want to bring my best. I don't want to bring a half-eaten nice biscuit. I want to bring a double chunky chocolate, beautiful, totally irresistible cookie after the service. Because it's honouring people. It's for God. Love the verse that was brought, Romans 12, from the message. Take your everyday, ordinary life and place it before God as your offering. You're eating, you're sleeping, you're drinking, everything you do. Don't become so well adjusted to the culture that you take your eyes off God. That's where the action is. Look at the focus of what God's doing. Excellence is a mindset, it's an attitude to say, I'm going to give my full attention to God. That's what excellence is. And if you're doing that, other things will happen in the pathway. I believe as a church, we should be on the front foot with this. If you ever did a party at your house, don't you light the candles? Don't you turn the big light off? That wasn't a hint for these lights, by the way. They're all right now. Don't you put some nice music on? Don't you make an effort with presenting the food? Don't you take people's coat off when they come? Why would we do that at home, but not for the house of God? Why would we do that? I don't get it. And I know that you're you're here, you're with me. I'm just trying to inspire you to continue to do this stuff. But if if you've got a heart of excellence, if you're in hospitality or catering business, how well could you bring that into the life of the church in everything we do? See, excellence is an attitude. You're saying, Dan, but where's that in the Bible? Oh, have you read the Old Testament, Ezra, rebuilding the temple? Have you read the Nehemiah, the specifics, the gold, the silver that was involved in that? And you're saying they weren't building an excellent temple. And I know you're going to say, oh, yeah, but Jesus came to break down the temple. He didn't. He went to build on that as well. He said that actually your living temple is is you. We are living water. We go out there. But we still need to have an opportunity and an attitude of excellence because that attracts people into the kingdom of God. Two more to go. Number four, honouring. Romans 12, verse 10, after the verse we've read. Honour one, oh, oh no, let's read the honouring first. We proactively see the image of God in each other. We honour those in position and authority over our lives. We honour, serve and give time to those who God has brought us into relationship with. That's good stuff, isn't it? Are you with me, Grantham? Honour one another above yourselves. I pray that every time someone walks in this door or into our community projects, youth on Friday night, worship practice, Whatever you're doing, I pray that you will proactively see the image of God in them. Whether they know God or whether they don't. Our role is to see the gold in them. To see the best in them. To see the potential in them. That's our role. That honours people. You see, we are looking and believing that everyone is created in the image of God. We're here to elevate all people. We don't leave them where they are, but we elevate them and we encourage them to grow into the potential that God has got for them. Can we have an amen? 
When I first started going along to church, my first impression of church was how they loved each other. And I saw it. There was genuine love. People going back to houses for lunches after church. On Tuesday nights after our youth ministry, we were going around to people's houses. They were looking out for us. They were sending us birthday cards. That's honouring. It's honouring. And I believe that the world has totally got honouring wrong. I believe that we need to be proactive about how we honour people, men and women of God and all people in the house of God. Fifth and finally, our value is generational. Gonna love this one. I love this one. We champion the family of God from the eldest, who's the eldest in here? No, no, I won't do that one. To the youngest, I've seen the youngest here. Uh, creating environments where everyone is valued. We actively honour those who've gone before us, our inheritance, and leaving a rich legacy that outlasts us for generations to come. Psalm 145 says this, Let every generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Joel 1 verse 3 says, Tell it to your children, and let your children tell it to their children, and their children to the next generation. People, we have to celebrate every generation. We have to sometimes bear with one another in love. Because sometimes how the young people do it, you might not think it's great. They were playing drum and bass in youth the other week. I was like, what is it? Do you know what I mean? But that's where they are. And it's the young people need to honour and learn from the older generations. This is us walking together. But I do believe that we need to bear with each other in love. Because they will get it wrong. Each generation will get it slightly wrong. But don't think the other generation is always wrong, by the way. Have we got grace in the house? Do we proactively operate as a family? We've introduced something great in our church, and we've got quite a great movement of young adults in our church. We've been really blessed. Loads of young adults have joined our church. And one of they came to us, and they said, we want to get to know more people in the church. I was like, great. Um, so they set up something called November Nibbles, which is actually happening as we do it. And what it is, is November nib- Nibbles is... Young adults, they don't eat each other, don't worry. Our young adults ministry and our over 55s, which we call Legacy, every month they, after, uh, sorry, every week after church in November, they go and have a meal together and learn from each other. What we've seen, it totally transform our attitudes and our hearts to every generation. Because don't we get into a mindset we know best? I had to step off the youth team because I was getting too old. I like realised that actually what was, what was in my heart wasn't where young people were at. I didn't get all insecure about it. No, I've trained up other leaders to go, go for it who are more uh, uh, you know, applicable to them. But every generation, see, we need to be united together. Let's model something different to the world. Generations flowing together for a greater purpose. Don't get too caught up in flavours and styles. We are a living community every day. Let's bear with one another in love. Love to invite the keyboard player up, if that's, if that's okay, just to give us some atmosphere as we land this place. Land this place. <laughs> this place in float in this plane. <laughs> Spending too much time with Dwayne White. Guys, culture values is everything. It's the atmosphere. It's a godly atmosphere that we are. We want more people to encounter the living God. We want people to be transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. God can do what only he can do, but we've got responsibility to create the platform for him to do what only he can do. I'm believing for this place to grow, continue growing. I love it. So many faces I don't know from when I last came down here. God is on the move. 
We're not the perfect church. We know that because we're part of it. I'm part of it. But God is on the move. Values. Values are not something written on a wall. They're something that we embrace and that creates culture and atmosphere that draws people into the heart of God. A couple of challenges in my conclusion. Are you living a life that's great in theory but low in practice? How's your practice? Someone challenged me very simply. I was moaning about we hadn't seen many miracles. I said, Dan, when's the last time you prayed for a miracle? Oh, blimey. Yeah. Do we know all the theory? Are we living off stories in the past? Or are we just thinking, oh, yeah, it will happen in the future? Or are we actually living a life of practicality? Are we stepping up to see the miracles of God happen? What culture can you set? What, what flavor can you bring into the life of this church? You've got responsibility. I don't know how anyone can not serve on a team in the kingdom of God. I know you're out in your workplace and in your community, but I want to encourage you to serve on a team. We've all got to muck in. We've all got to bring our brilliance into the team. You can be the answer in this location. We never moan because we are the church. It's never a them pointing at Jonas and the leadership here. No, it's us mentality. It's a we mentality. You're called to proactively set the culture. Imagine what this church would look like if we really all embrace our 10 values. I know what it's like. Some of them come quite naturally to me. But some of them I have to choose. The honouring one, I don't think I naturally do that. I've made a decision every day to honour someone in our location, to thank God for them, to see the gold in them. What it does is it elevates everybody. They see a bigger picture. Imagine what this church would look like. Imagine if you embrace them values. I want to stir you up and say, what's your contribution? We're not a consumer church here. We don't turn and go, entertain me, feed me. No, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you bringing? What's your flavour? No excuses. What's your flavour? You're it. God's saying you're it. You know that old game you used to play? You're it. You're it. You've got to bring something. You've got to bring a flavour. What is it you're bringing? And I know you do. I'm not coming in and using. It's a culture. What culture does? It spots genius in other people. It celebrates genius. And it praises it. And the cycle goes round again and again. If you're here thinking, and maybe your mind's been opened up a bit, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says there, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone. The new is here. I believe God's saying, you're it. He's calling you to be a new you for a new season because God's doing new things. That's where we're going. Can you see it? Don't moan about it. You are the church. Bring your flavor. Bring your life. Do you know your genius? If you don't, ask one of your mates. They'll tell you. No point me trying to write a book. I'm not very good at it. I'm all right at starting up new community projects. I use my genius that God's given me. So right where you are, I'd love to pray for you. It's been a bit more of a uh, hopefully an inspirational message. Not as much Bible teaching, but I, that's what I got asked to do. So I'm honouring Jonas, who asked me to do this. But maybe in your heart, God stirred you up and said, Paul, 
That's quite hard. I want to I want to pray for you. If you want to create a culture, be proactive. Right where you are, I'd love you to stand. Maybe some bits of this message. Maybe you're saying, I need to get on a team. I need to be proactive. Right where you are, stand up. love our church. Father God, I love our church. I love what you're doing in the church. Thank you that we get to partner with you. Thank you that it's you transforms life. It's you who've got the best culture ever. We want to follow your heart. I pray for these guys who want to step out and create a culture. They want to run after you. They want to bring these values to life. They want to see people come into your kingdom. I pray that you will anoint them. I pray that you will bless them. I pray that where new mindsets need to be formed, I pray that you would transform their minds. Pray for ideas and freshness. I pray that you would take away any consumer thoughts that we have of just turning up. But thank you that you call us to be a family and an army on the move for you. I pray that this location will see its best days ahead because these guys are part of it. So stir our hearts up, fill us with the Holy Spirit to do what only you can do. May you extend your kingdom in this house and we want to partner with you. We want to say we're up for it. So anoint us as we move forward. And all God's people said, amen. Well, God bless you guys. It's been an honor to be with you. A short appreciation to Dan. Dan, that was immense, immense. I'm inspired. I'm so inspired. Please take your seats just for a moment.